Alright, hello everybody, welcome to the Ordinary People Podcast, where Ordinary People talk about ordinary things. My name is Keo, I'm my co-host Andrew. I'm a little bit of a mess today, I just came back from the gym and I am growing out my depression hair. Um, nice. <laughs> my facial hair is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You did that one time, right? Uh, like two weeks ago, uh, like two, yeah. like three weeks ago when I got my hair cut. Does your hair go back, my hair grows back so fast, it like pisses me off. Yeah, it grows out pretty fast. It does, well, it grows out it grows out fast and then it, it takes a while to thicken. Oh really? Yeah. So right now it's thin, but right eventually it'll it'll thicken. And then it'll nice. be unbearable. But as right now it's good. Dope. So Yeah, so the uh the thing I was I was talking about, I just I literally just saw it now I was making chocolate fudge in my bathroom. Um, <laughs> I was on TikTok. Did you see the video of the girls in London who threw tomato soup at the Van Gogh painting? No. Oh my god. They threw tomato soup at the Van Gogh painting and like glued, super glued their hands to the walls as part of like uh, climate change protest or something. Uh And they're like, you care more about paint than you do art. People are hungry and they can't afford a can of soup. Like, well, you just took a perfectly good can of soup and just threw it yeah. on a table. I, I, uh, I, I, I am great with protests, but sometimes you're counterproductive to protests when yeah. you decide to do it. Like, I get, I get your point. I get it. But you could have used that soup to feed the people. They're, yeah, literally. They're literally taught, like, I don't know. I feel like it defeats the point, like, defeats the point of the protest, too, because it, like... You turn people off to that. Yeah. Like, you just took everybody in that art studio who's in love with art, defiled something they love, and then they're just going to naturally hate you. Yeah. And if you're going to spit your cause, they're going to naturally, like, dislike your cause. Yeah. Because it is to get people to help you. I get, I, like, I get why some people do what they do. I get it. But sometimes yeah. the approach just isn't great. <laughs> like yeah, people's approach needs to change sometimes. Yeah, like protests because honestly, things need to change. I agree. <laughs> change your approach. Uh, let me see. Yeah. What, let me see what this this whole spiel is. It, it would be like it'd be similar to me trying to sell someone a car and throwing paint on their old car and being like, ha 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 ha. Now you need a new car. Well, now they're not going to buy from me. They're going to hate me. I'm like, yeah, that's a good deal. <laughs> That's a, that's a way of describing it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a good analogy. My phone is not loading the TikTok, but I'll I'll, I'll see yeah. it eventually. Yeah, you'll see it eventually. Yeah. Super glue on your hands. I'm like, you're dead. It's gotta hurt. <laughs> Super glue. Yeah, that that's definitely gotta hurt. I know. Kind of wild. Yeah, I, find that, I, find, I find that kind of funny, to be honest with you. Oh like, yeah. I kind of uh, kind of funny. The Just first. Like, thing- the first thing anyone said was like in, in their British accent, they threw the tomato. I'm like, security! <laughs> I'm like, this is so funny. Uh, I watch a lot of uh, British stuff, so I don't laugh as much as like other people do when it comes to the accents, but I get why it's funny. I get it. Yeah. It's like, um, what do you watch? Like KSI and all of them? Yeah, like Sidemen. Yeah, but yeah. I also watch like other other people as well because like i get the accent like when i watched when i wa- listened to a decent amount of grime a little bit yeah like, like it threw me off just because i was like this this accent <laughs> but then it, it, it grew on me it eventually just grew on me i was like okay okay yeah well, i feel like i'm like used to it with like soccer and harry potter and stuff oh yeah <laughs> but it's um yeah i don't know it just like such a unique accent. It's like when you hear it, especially in that context, where like, like you'd see something like that go down in America, and people would be like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Like, what the heck? What the heck? You know, some people are probably cussing. Yeah, and you, then you'd get just, you get somebody assaulting. You just get somebody to hit. Yeah, no, literally, and then and then Britain, they're just calm. It's like security. <laughs> yeah, just America's rough, just violent. Yeah, we we do, we do much worse. But yeah, I, I mean. I mean, I don't really care too much about the painting. I get that people do because it's 
is monumental art. But yeah, um, yeah climate change. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, oh, wait, is it about climate change? I think so. I think it's a mix. They just spit, they spit a lot of different things. They said climate change, hunger, something about the price of oil. It was just, they just got everything out. <laughs> All in one fell swoop. Uh, I feel like that's an issue. Yeah, they said so many things, I couldn't even keep up with it. Yeah, I mean, like, that's all you want. I'm not, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, do, do you, do you. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna judge you. Yeah, depending, should, on, yeah. depending on your actions. Yeah, they, but, should, they should do some climate change awareness for Salt Lake City. Because the Great Salt Lake's drying up. And it's it? gonna, it's like a, like a, what is it? Environment? They're calling it like an environmental nuclear bomb because if the, the salt lake dries up and there's a whole bunch of arsenic that sits at the, the bed of the lake from all the 1950s when the companies didn't care about pollution, they just dumped it all in the lake. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now when if it like if it really dries up and there's a big windstorm, people are gonna be breathing in arsenic. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's an issue. That's a huge issue. So that would be fun. Uh. And I think fun's the right word. <laughs> no. I don't think fun's I can the right even word. see a little bit of smoke that we get from California. Like, you know, the California wildfires? Oh, yeah. Really I, I, now I, and then? You're in the range for that? Yeah, yeah. And it because we're in a valley, the smoke will come in and it'll settle in the valley. So it'll be stuck for a little bit. It sucks. The last time it was really bad, I had like a bloody nose for like three weeks. I still have a little bit of a bloody nose from it. Jeez, I didn't even think about like living west and having to deal with those wildfires. Yeah, I didn't think it's so I didn't think you were close enough. Yeah, no, we get it. <laughs> well, it's not always Cal. Like, there was one in Idaho was a, was a big one that caused that one. So oh, Idaho, okay. was too. um, but every but yeah, we'll get them from California too sometimes. That's 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 insane. Yeah, I guess I'm not living west side. Oh, it's so it's so interesting. I guess that's that's a good word to describe it. <laughs> yeah. How was the how was the week though? Pretty chill. Uh my my exams my I'm done with exams now. Uh, for, nice. for like the first midterms, it, it, I'm I'm done with those. So now it's just uh, <clears throat> finishing up my NSF grant, which is due next week for me on Friday. Um, oh, I, we are rec- we are recording this on a Friday again because tomorrow I actually, which is what a part of the reason that we're recording this on Friday is because tomorrow I'm actually busy, uh, doing during the normal time that we would record, and uh, I would I want to take that time afterwards to do some other stuff that I would need to do. Um, so I was actually invited by um the undergraduate, um head of the physics department to give lab tours to um people in open apps uh so oh. people from high school or coming from high school who are participating going to ub are gonna be touring uh who intend to be physics majors are gonna come by with their families and go just ch- come check out some of the labs that are around the area um the reason why i was invited is because we only have two ambassadors of the department and we needed a third person so they thought the best person asked is the president of sbs so which is me so yeah they were like okay well he's not technically ambassador but he is a representation of the undergraduates so ask him that's sick yeah um i don't have to do many of the stuff that the ambassadors other do they do they have to they have to go to the like center of arts to table. I just have to show up at like eleven to go like, hey guys, I'll take you to the lab. Oh yeah. Plus that yeah, that part's cool too, because I feel like high school students look up to college kids so much. Like I remember two in college kids, like college campuses, and seeing the college kids walk around, I'm like, wow, like this is so cool. They're gonna be like, whoa. They could go wherever they want. Yeah, you could literally just like walk into a lab, like, all right guys. There's a particle accelerator. It's going to take one particle, another particle, shoot them at each other, high speed. I like to play around with this when I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, particle accelerators are not really here. No, they're not. <laughs> they're in bigger facilities. <laughs> <laughs> we tried, though. I tried. It's the only physics thing I know. That and a quantum, maybe quantum computer. Yeah, we don't have any quantum computers here. 
is that how does a quantum computer even work? Because it doesn't work the same way as a computer, like a regular computer, right? Uh, I'm not one to ask. I don't know much about quantum computing, but uh, from my knowledge of it, I should probably I'm gonna look a little bit up quantum computing. Uh, quantum physics create new ways of computing. Of course, obviously, quantum computing using quantum physics. Uh, sort of supervision. Uh, uh, quantum computing is a type of computation whose operations can harness the phenomena of quantum mechanics, such as superposition, interference, and entanglement. Devices that perform quantum computation are known as quantum computers. Uh, they are fast, solve complex problems and complex simulations that that normal computers cannot do. So basically, what I thought in my head was right. <laughs> Nice. Um, there's a lot of things with quantum computing. It's still a growing. It is very. It's still growing, and it's actually one of the reasons why computer scientists, uh, scientists are is like a big thing now because quantum computing is just gonna like replace it, replace computing, and especially with a lot of data analysis. So. Oh yeah. Like as of now, I think the most recent like surge. It's not. I don't think it's engineers, in my opinion. I think it's computer science, science mm -hmm. because that's the like, the thing that is boosting. Just because there's so many more opportunities than anything else. Yeah, and we have more data now than ever. Yeah. We have seen like every like, like you accept you but you get an app. You accept the terms and conditions of the app, and instantly you could have data on where every person who has that app has been. It tracks your location. You could see access to like so much shit. Data is crazy. Like the amount of stuff you can do with data, like, we've gotten really good at putting together uh, like models to predict shit. Like if you have enough data, you can predict all, damn near anything. Yeah, it's it's a little a little concerning, but it does make sense. Yeah. Like, um, I've been doing a lot of research lately because I'm writing my research proposal. Um, mm -hmm. Two facilities are two like physics facilities are being built. Um, 20, in 2027, the Dune Project, the Deep Underground Neutrino Experiment, is being built in, I forgot where, somewhere on the west side, uh, nearby, nearby you. Let's see. Dune. I forgot, I think it's, it's in America. Oh, Dune. Dune Experiment is in, uh, where? Oh, I'm so wrong. Not even near you. It's uh near like Wisconsin and, and uh, Oh I thought Wisconsin. it was I thought it was West. It's like Wisconsin. Wait. Oh Wisconsin's near Michigan. Okay. Yeah, yeah like Wisconsin Wisconsin, Wait. Illinois, and um Iowa. That's that's where. The oh region. shit. Yeah. I don't know where the L and then the high luminosity LHC, I think that's I forgot where they're putting it. Uh I think they're just upgrading the LHC. They're just making upgrades to it. Uh, I don't think a new place has been built for that. But yes, no. certain things are being um, built, at least in my field. And we're going to use some of the data that we got from there to make predictions for physics. Maybe up, uh, keep us up for understanding newer physics and stuff like that. So I'm excited because by the time that hopefully I get my PhD and hopefully um, by that time when it's built, when it's run, I'll be able to do studies on that. So it's like prime time for me. Oh yeah, because it's so it's like it's being built now, and then by the time you would graduate, it, it like would, you can fuck around with the thing. <laughs> yeah, I I, I wouldn't mess. I won't. I won't touch it because that's yeah. more for the high end. That's for more for the experimentalist. I would be collecting a portion of the data and analyzing. Oh. So you're theor so you're like theoretical side of physics. Yeah, I I like I at least get the data, like analyze it, and stuff like that, like kind of see what I can get out of it at least. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot that's going to be happening from everything. It's going to be it's going to be so cool. I'm excited. Damn. Yeah, me and my friend were talking about like math the other day, because there was like something we had to use like. A derivative for at work we're like yo no way man yo derivatives and, and he, was like, he was an engineering major so he was like like he loves math and i was like yeah i was on like strom's class and stuff i'm like yeah math was fun. i haven't taken math in a minute though 
<laughs> the two different experiences from a physics major and a business major. It's kind of, it's totally, I used one derivative. You used one derivative. I've used derivatives <laughs> like this entire week. Yes. Yeah, Everything I do it, like somewhat involves a derivative. I know. I still remember how to do it. Actually, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, like, you're you're a smart guy. I'm sure. Even if you forgot, you could probably just remember it. Yeah, I did think an integral was called. An interval. <laughs> What'd you say? I did think an integral was called an interval. <laughs> And then it's like, you mean integral? I'm like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> you take an integral among an interval. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we call it Taylor series. Remember Taylor series? Oh, yeah. Taylor series. I feel like it's super, I feel like a super genius doing Taylor series. <laughs> insane. I, I like, there are so many times because as physicists, you kind of just approximate things because you're just like, oh, this is, this is. This is ugly. I just make it a Taylor. It's just like let's approximate by doing a Taylor series. It's like, great. What is it used for again? I forgot. So, um, oh damn! Why are you testing me on this? <laughs> Google. Um, it was something like taking a series and or taking an equation and making it a series or something. Yeah. So at least how, um, if I remember correctly, at least how I use it. I would take we would take a portion of a formula and basically just like change it to make it work um, because uh oh yeah uh, it's yeah. Need an estimate of what a function looks like so yeah, that, yeah that makes it, it's a small estimation because no i'm thinking what am i thinking i'm thinking about i'm thinking about taylor series i'm thinking about i'm thinking about perturbation theory Math just went. Math just goes so insane. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about perturbation. What I think is weird too is that, like, like I feel like most people think like we created math. It's weird. Like we didn't create math. Like we discovered math. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Like even though it, like math, like people argue about. I think people argue do argue about this. Like math is man made, but it's also just like. We we made up this like we made up mathematics, yeah. Like the like the whole thing of mathematics, but the the descriptions and like what it describes is just us discovering it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like um like we decided like this this unit right here is going to be called four, and yeah. we're going to use a base ten number system, and we're going to have these operators. But then you take those operators and you we discover different ways those operators can be used to like explain the shit which is kind of crazy yeah uh, math uh, pure math is i've, I've done a, I've, done, I've taken a few classes on pure math i hated it pure math is stupid there are yeah. few there there's like one class that i did enjoy like the, the like what we studied i didn't like writing proofs. oh yeah because like writing proofs for pure math is so because you had to forget anything you know so like in like math 311 at least like here at UB, you were legit asked, what why is two greater than one? And you had to like go through the fundamental of like the description of what two means. Oh. Because because you can't go to the mindset of like two is yeah, two two things. That's not what it means. We just define these things as this is two. If you mm. like, if you think about it, someone decided that this means two. This could easily be just be one. Okay, I got decided, you. Yeah. So you had to like delve into like you basically just had to ignore everything you knew, just start to delve. So that that just fucked with me. Um, yeah, I think I think I get that. Right. Like, so it's like we decided that like. This is two. This is one. Who's to say that this isn't more valuable than this? Yes, yeah, something like that. Well, this is this is a bad example because we legit have two of these. But like, if we're talking about the number written, it's kind of like what? Yeah. And then also like when, because if you ever read, I don't think you've ever seen, but the proof of one plus one is equal to two. I saw That's, it on YouTube once. Yeah, it's a hundred, like a hundred pages worth of yeah because it's so fundamental like if, if that is like 
math groups are long. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, like there's definitely some sort of math shit behind it that's like super smart and above my head. Yeah. I feel like human definition, like just simply in like a linguistic term, two is always going to be greater than one. But like if, yeah, if you, re if you remove the human element of math, then yeah, maybe you can make an argument. But I feel like by definition, two is defined as one more than one. Yeah. But what, so I, because, but then what, what's one more, what's one, what's one more than one? True. What, what is one? Yeah, no, I have no fucking idea. That's what, honestly, as a physics major, that's fun. <laughs> That's true. One. Yeah, what is one? Yeah, one makes no sense. Yeah. Every other number can be determined. Yeah, every other number you can determine based off relative to one. But yeah, one makes no sense. <laughs> I fucked with you a little bit, didn't I? Yeah, it did mess with me a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, what is one? You're like, think you're the thing. What, why does that have to be singular? Why can't it be done? <laughs> honestly, good. It's honestly, like, I feel like if I was like a STEM major, those questions would just bug me and I would just be up all night trying to figure out the questions. Like that's what happened at work the other day. There was like, there was a certain, um, like that thing we were using the derivative for. Yeah. It's like, it's something to do with like the pricing of a futures contract. So like, there's like the futures contract is going to have like Delta risk, which is how the price of the future moves based off interest rates. Right. And that's a linear risk, but in reality, it's not linear. It's convex. So the derivative of that, or some, I don't know if it's the integral of the derivative or whatever, some, some sort of thing allows it to have convexity and we're like, would adjust the price to account for that convexity met of, like, effect. And it took me forever to figure out, because it was just like, they're like, what is this term? And I'm like, we, we'd spent all, like, all this time trying to figure out what this term was. And I, we still couldn't figure out what it was, and I like went home, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. Wait, so you're saying that it's because you said talking is convex, so it's exponential. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about it's exponential. So you're saying one specific term relates to. Go back. Go back again. <laughs> yeah. So you say say I own a like say I own a futures contract. Yeah. So like, specifically like in bond futures. So let's say like I own a futures contract on like the U.S. ten-year bond. Mm -hmm. Um. So the U.S. 10-year bond, the underlying security, is going to be subject to interest rate risk. So if my rates go up, the price of my bond is going to go down, right? So you can measure that interest rate risk in a linear relationship that they call delta. Okay. Um, okay. So that's oh. like your price. What did you say? Uh, so, I was just oh, yeah, yeah. so like your interest rates go up by like 0.01% or one bit. Your The price of your bond is going to fall by X amount. So the amount that it falls the slope of that line is your interest rate delta. Okay, yeah. So, because at each point of that of that uh, exponential curve, the derivative of that is that tangent line that you're talking about. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's that delta. So that's how most, like you know, you can attribute most of your PNL to that that interest rate delta right there. Yeah. But in reality, the relationship is convex. We're uh -huh. just using. A linear relationship for simplicity but that adjustment they made in pricing the future is to account for that convexity okay so that's that was what we were trying to figure out but yeah it was it took a minute okay because it seems like you were trying to find you were accounting for at least this is at least my understanding of my understanding of math i don't know how Businesses work. I'm just trying to yeah. figure out from a, this, from a physics guy. You have you have some sort of function going uh, an exponential length. You have this sort of prediction with this tangent line. Then you're trying to figure out the next term. Basically, if I'm saying that correctly, yeah. essentially, like this, you, okay. So Sorry. say like you have a say you have a futures contract and you today your futures contract made you. $200, or let's say $100 for simplicity. It's easier to say 100, um, right? So you're, or 1,000, right? Let's say 1,000. So you have a futures contract, your futures contract made you $1,000, yeah. right? Because rates fell, say, 20 bips. Okay. Right. So you're gonna say, okay, my futures contract made me $1,000. My interest rate delta 
which is the linear approximation of that, yeah. can account for say $800. But when you count for the, the gamma, the interest rate gamma, which is the, that convexity, that could get you next to $200. So we're gonna treat our P&L to $800 of delta, $200 of gamma, which is like convexity. And then there's a whole bunch of other like shit. <laughs> yeah, I get. I guess I, get, I, guess I yeah. just don't get it. It's yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, because it, I don't know. I'm, if I if I were to guess, if I explained it, you'd get it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it might be out of my reach. But yeah, I, but it's I, like it's simple math. I'm just sucking at explaining it. Yeah, I guess. I mean. It could, yeah, it could just be out of reach. Because, I, it, like, if I were to guess, if you want something that could count for that, the future, like, book, the double derivative would account for that curvature upwards. Yeah. That's the only thing I can really think of, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, it's weird. So, yeah, they want to they wanna account for that curvature. They just break it up. So they break it up as, like, how much is from linear? How much is from curvature? Okay. So it's like most of it's, I don't know, it's just a weird way of doing it. It's more of a finance convention than it's a math thing. Yeah. Like if it was a math thing, you'd be like, well, we have this one, we have this one, you know, um, exponential equation that we can go plug in our interest rates to and see how that exponential equation would spit out, a, you know, a profit loss. Right. But because of convention, they break it up as like, Linear line plus convexity, add those two together, and they separate out those separate out those terms. But it should, in theory, get you the same number. Yeah, because I know that um, at least here at UB, they teach do this differently than they do. I think they do it differently than everyone else. There's a biology uh, calculus. There's a engineering in everyone else calculus, and there's a business calculus. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I know you didn't need to take the business calculus because you took BC in high school. You're in the same mm -hmm. class, uh, but I know that they teach a business one. I don't, I don't, and they may have a they might be talking about what you're doing because uh, if they're talking about something specific, they might be yeah. like talk about math done specifically for a business because they might not do something because it's just math, they do it because it's a field. Yeah, I feel I feel like the the business math class is probably more like like breaky like doing like a break even analysis like really easy math. Oh. Like there's definitely like derivatives courses you could take that would go through that that kind of stuff. That's all stuff I I was never even taught in like school. Like I knew what delta was, but like there's like five Greeks when it comes to derivative pricing. There's like delta, gamma, theta, and vega, which measure like volatility, time decay, underlying price move, and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, there's these five Greeks. You can explain all movement through these five Greeks. And they're like, now I get to work. And they're like, what about the derivatives of the Greeks? And you're like, fuck. <laughs> you, you would have to, I'm, I'm assuming you're given each function of each thing, of each change. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Like each one works. So yeah, then you just do a derivative depending on, the, depending on whatever variable you want to adjust to. Like if you want to yeah. change in the change in the uh, the the interest rate or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You, you... Yeah, I guess I guess uh, this is my first time hearing about like derivatives outside of the STEM field. So I'm I'm like, yeah. it's it's different. It's definitely different because I've only just heard here from like, you know, math engineering. Uh, and then, like, tech just does it and just uses coding and then physics. Just... So I've never heard it in a business sense, which it makes yeah. it does make sense. It, it does have an application to do the predictions of it and stuff like that. And it goes a lot more in depth too than even like what I know. I'm still just starting to learn it, but there's like, there's um, like you have delta and then you have gamma, which is your you know the, your derivative of delta, which is going to be convex, and then you have like. You can take like Vega, which is supposed to be your PL coming from implied volatility of the underlying security. And you could take it, you could take like a derivative of Vega with respect to delta 
and then all of a sudden you're having like i don't even know how it works but it's called like delta vega or something and it's like the change in how your vega goes up or down depending on changes in your underlying security it's super strange but it goes super in depth i mean i don't have to know that for work thank god but yeah i was doing research and i'm like god damn <laughs> it seems like, it seems like a lot honestly yeah it might just it be cool. time. It might just be time. I think. Do you have? Do you? Do you have like? In the. In the... I heard my name. Uh, <laughs> um. Do you have like mathematicians in like the business field to do that specific stuff? Yeah, they're called strat. They're called strats. So whenever we have a question, we're like, "Yeah, why are we seeing this number here?" They're like, "Oh, let's talk to strats." Oh, okay. So there's like, there's a bunch of, I think they're more math tech side. Um, probably more along the lines of like actuarial science or something. Okay. That, that, that makes sense because I, I, I'd expect there would be like at least a specialist that they wouldn't make you guys have to like relearn math. Oh no. Yeah. We're not doing, we're, we're not calculating any of that. Like that whole question that we had that I was trying to figure out was basically like, what is this term that we're saying? Yeah, that makes sense. But the actual calculations, we leave that to the computer. What was that the thing that you were doing today? Um, that was like Thursday. That's Thursday. Mm -hmm. I, I always, I think it's the first time you told me about like something you did at your, your job. You're, of course, you can't say too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's but it's, some things like that, like it's cool. Yeah, that is a. How do we even get to that? Oh, we're talking about math. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. Who would have thought we were talking about math? Yeah. It's interesting. It's definitely, definitely remember back when math was all about just adding, subtracting. I know. Life was so much easier. Trying to like do long division. Like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I literally learned long division and I thought I knew all of math. I'm like, that's it. There's nothing more to learn. <laughs> I'm like, I know adding, subtracting, sub dividing, and multiplying now. I could do everything. I could Probably. do anything. Yeah, like it's been it's been done now. Yeah, and then we were so wrong. <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was really little, I remember telling my brother that I could count to the end of counting and then count it to five. <laughs> I thought that was it. That was it. I thought that was all the numbers were up one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. And then you realize it's just an infinite amount of numbers. I think I literally remember the day someone told me the numbers go past five and I was blown away. <laughs> I did kindergarten. It's just like, what's after five, everyone? There's a number five. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what, do you mean? what do you mean? It it stops at five. My mom told me. <laughs> mom told me when I'm five, it's the oldest I'll ever get. I will turn five and I'll stay five. Will I die? Mama, how old are you? Five. See? <laughs> That's, a... That's It was crazy. That's funny. That's hilarious. It's crazy how much, like, I feel like there's, like, a certain point in around, like, maybe, like, eighth grade before you start getting too in-depth with math and science and stuff. You're just like, I know everything. Like, that's all there is. I know it. I know it all. And then, like, Someone's like, wait a minute, there's this subject. Like, never mind, don't know shit, don't know shit. <laughs> I don't think I got that in high school. I think I got, I, like, that hit me in um, college when I thought I knew everything. Oh, yeah. And I would say my ego was at its peak. Sp spring semester freshman year. Because mm -hmm. I just thought I knew, I, I thought I knew everything. Then I took yeah. some classes and I was like, wow, I don't know shit. Then I, then I was just humble. At that, that point, makes at that point, I was just like, I don't know shit. I'm yeah. Humbled. Actually, that makes sense because, I mean, up until literally starting work, I, th I thought I knew everything about finance. And I'm like, actually, no. Yeah. There's more. Yeah, even, like, even, even now, four years of doing physics, I don't know shit. You can't yeah. really say you know shit anything. I, I know like the uh, some of the undergrad uh, um, the underclass they kind of look at look at like the seniors they're like oh they know everything first like, you don't know shit oh um, yeah I know 
professors don't know they they know specific stuff they don't know everything they, mm -hmm. they need to look stuff up all the time i remember i was blown away when i think i was in fifth grade remember the high school students came in and like from spanish class and would speak to the fifth graders about like taking spanish and we were all just like running around like how do you say how do you say how do you say book in spanish and they'd be like a libro like how do you say my name is andrew in spanish me llamo es andrew and we were like, oh my god, they know everything about Spanish. This is insane. Because we'd ask oh, the most basic questions. I'm like, how did you guys become fluent in Spanish? Like, what? And then, I, yeah, now, I think, now after being in high school, they really didn't know anything about Spanish. They, they just got the, the best people in the class. Yeah. Just down there and just go, oh, hey, I'm on Esquio. <laughs> Yeah, which even so, I mean, you don't even need the smartest people in the class to say that. Yeah. It's kind of just like you, you just what you kind of said what you said earlier. They kind of just look up to you and they're like, "Whoa." Yeah. When I when yeah. I because I told you I went home last week. That's why we were oh, yeah. on Friday. I went home That's and had dinner with uh, some of my athletes that I trained when I was freshman year. When I went back home during COVID, not COVID, it was before COVID. Guidelines. Um, they no, it was was it ten, no, it was senior, sophomore year. So I haven't seen them in two years, uh, about a year and a half actually. So I spoke to them, and they were, they at least from when I was explaining some stuff about college and like um about like what I was doing, they looked at me as if I knew a lot. Yeah. But I was just talking out of my ass. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. My, the, the thing that gets me are student teachers, right? Cause you were <laughs> like, I think, I don't know if this, I don't know if it was on the podcast we were talking about this. Or I, think, I, think it, about. I think it was because we talked about yeah. Ms. Jordan. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like you think you think they have their shit together. They're like, oh, you're a student teacher, like you're studying, you're studying to be a teacher, like you're gonna like be a teacher in a year. Like, this is crazy. Now I'm like, this person's 20 years old. They're probably getting like fucked up on the weekends. Like they're just a regular old person. They do not have their shit together. But as a kid, you're like, wow, this is an adult. It's guy. This person knows shit. This they can uh, they can legit just got been through a breakup and just have to go to work because they have to. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm at the age where I could like if my major was teaching, I could be a teacher. Yeah, I think you. I think well, actually, I can't be a teacher. You could be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone would be like, "Wow, this guy's it's life together." Well, actually, maybe you not. Know, like, you would need a degree. I need a yeah. Yeah. I'd have to be a teacher in like the South because I think you only need a bachelor's in the South. Or honestly, maybe anywhere besides New York. Because I think you need, a, I think you need a bachelor's everywhere else, but a master's in New York. When can I teach you in school? I think you. I thought you need a bachelor's everywhere. Uh, youngest a teacher can be is twenty one or twenty two. That is true. Uh, I think. How do I get a certificate? So earn a bachelor's degree with that. Uh, you need a bachelor's with specific things for New York. Oh, and you probably need a certification you too. Need, you need a specific certification if you yeah. have a bachelor's. Um, so it would probably be next year I could be a teacher. Because I have the degree, I just need the certification. Florida, you have to be minimum 18, uh, graduated high school, and pass a criminal background check. That's Florida. That's it? No. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait. What is, so the requirements were B18, pass school, and get a background check? So at, at a minimum. Okay. Oh, sorry. It's a substitute. Oh, it's a substitute. That's. that's... Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Um, becoming. So I got really concerned there. Uh, pass. 15 to 20 credit hours of educational courses. 
complete the Florida teaching teacher certification exam. Fulfill professional educator competencies during your first two years of training. And then serve as a full-time, then serve as a full-time teacher for two years. And you also wow. need a bachelor's degree. Oh, okay. So, so there is, I think you're right. There is a, like minimum bachelor's with requirements. With other and shit, I, yeah. And I think, I think New York, New York is the most strict with it, I'm pretty sure, right? Or is it the same? Uh, yeah, I don't think you need a master's in New York. I think you need a certification. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you have a master's, you can automatically do it. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. You can get a master's or a certificate. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you already have a bachelor's or a master's degree. Oh, wait, no. Maybe, I, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. What's nice is to be a professor, you don't need anything. Yeah. You kind of just. Wait. I'm, I'm okay with te- I don't want to teach like high school or like those. I'm okay with being a professor. Because yeah. you you're dealing with adults at that point. Mm-hmm. So like if they right. don't if they don't have their shit together, that's their fault. Yeah, of like course, I would, of course I, there are exceptions though. In a perfect world, it'd be nice to teach high school students because you could get at them early and like teach them more. But like, yeah, your your baby, your half of your job is babysitting. Yeah. At it, that point, it's a legit like. Um. Yeah, I definitely. Because I, I want to do research anyway, and I don't know if I'm going to do research at a, at a uh, university, which probably is going to be the case. But um, if I teach at a university, I'm completely okay with that as well. I, I mean, sure, yeah. I, I tutor now. I'm okay with tutoring. Um, but it, it, it really just does depend. Yeah, because you can do, yeah, I mean, you could be a professor, do research, and that's 90% of your job, and teach a class on, like, a Wednesday. Yeah, of, of course, they're going to have more requirements of that, but I think, yeah. I think at, least, at least that's how it is at UB, where... Yeah, like, one of, even one of, my, uh, one of my professors for organizational behavior was, like, I mean, he was, a, he was, one of, he was probably the greatest professor or teacher I've ever had, Um but yeah, he, even he was like, yeah, most my my main job is research. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the great things. Is that um, that's one of the reasons why I love physics. Uh, a lot of people kind of just like you, you uh, especially with physics, because it's a research facility, not a teaching facility, so it kind of screws over the students because a lot of professors don't care about teaching. Yeah. But at the same time. It's a research facility. You have the opportunity to do research. That's true. No, no so when you, when you do research, right, and you you write a paper, and you go to publish that paper, are you paid by journals that want your paper in their like scientific journal? Is that how that works? So as an undergraduate, it's it's not likely to. I mean, there are a lot of people who do research papers depending on how much research you've done. Um, I have a couple of friends who have sent. Have submitted research, but um, usually you you submit it, then you have to be accepted. It's almost like an honor to be in a journal. Yeah. You. Um, public, yeah, because then you become yeah makes sense. I I don't know how the paying thing kind of works, but I know you have to submit uh, it. You have to submit your paper to a journal, and you have to be accepted. Your work has to be accepted to the journal. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, I really paid for that. One of my professors wrote so many, like one of my like, six hundred level staff professors wrote so many papers. His syllabus had all the papers that he wrote, and they were like insane. How many papers did he write? I don't know. Just like two. Which I mean, probably. I mean, I don't really know many professors who write papers, so like, to me, that was a lot. I'm sure there are people out there who wrote insane amounts of papers. I, I, yeah, it was the first author in all the papers. Say, Ethan Lynn, let me Google him. Because I think 200 is still a lot, but I'm pretty, uh, I, I'm, I'm just gonna look up a, my, uh, he was 
extremely <laughs> old. He's <laughs> like very old. Not anything okay, so he's published nearly a hundred. Oh, nearly a hundred. Yeah, one of the people that I'm, I'm working with, she hasn't released a paper in a year, but she has released 82 papers. Because that's a lot. Papers, papers are hard. Papers are hard to write. I don't know how, oh. I don't know how like, business research is. But papers are, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, what am I talking about? Writing papers is just hard. Mm -hmm. They also have her thing though. Oh, on UB? No, on one of the one of the things on a bud. Uh, Inspire. This is there's this link for higher energy physics called Inspire. It's basically just a place for um, resources of you could find people in higher energy field that wrote papers. As well as finding people in high energy and like where they go, what they do. So you can basically just look up a certain a specific person and kind of just like look at all the papers they wrote or like, or even was contributed. Um, the person that I worked with, she has done like 1100, uh, 111 stuff, uh, mm -hmm. papers. And, I mean, damn, it's a lot. Yeah. So, cause what well, I mean, the amount of research that goes into each paper, plus the writing itself, is like writing almost a book. It's almost like writing a novel worth of uh, right. pure research. And then you yeah. also have to like do something that no one else has done. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm hearing, I, I think I hear people outside talking about papers. I oh really? I think they're talking about the NSF grant. Oh damn! Wait, what is that NSF grant? Uh, something that I'm doing for here, knocking on my door. Um, talk for a bit while I figure it out. Cool. Um, so we're back to uh, wait, what? What was it called? It was Andrew's education. books everybody i thought that was your i thought that was your bathroom yeah wow that's crazy yeah um i would just ask to send some papers up regarding it's like model building it's like some of the stuff that i'm researching on but um oh cool yeah i think they yeah, were, was, everyone's yeah. just working on the s uh, what were you What were you talking about in your another episode of the Solo Podcast? I just said like I was like, I bought this book. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I was so confused. I thought someone was like, I started talking, and then I'm just like, my mind went blank because I thought some dude was in your bathroom and was like, "Hey, you it? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, the room is flipped. <laughs> Could you imagine? Just like. Like, this is the most random thing. It's the most random thing ever. It's like, dude, I need toilet paper, okay? You had none in your bathroom. I had to take a shit. <laughs> Open that big and chocolate fudge. Oh, no. Something um, happened. What happened at work? Something happened at work today. Um, I think it was one of the numbers. One of the numbers ended up being, like, 69,420 or 69,069 or something. And I almost... Died laughing. <laughs> so I can't keep it together. <laughs> oh my god! Nothing like good old immaturity. You got you got to love being immature. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just sending him uh, stuff. Check to see if this is what you want. Just doing it before I forget. Um, yeah, uh, just everyone's because it's, it's, everything's due next week for the at least on Friday. It's kind of just like, it's really stressful. 
because my oh. my proposal is it's not done. I've been oh. I've been I've been writing it, erasing a whole portion, writing again, erasing a whole portion. I've been continuously doing that for like the past week, and I oh. So you propose you propose like a thing to do research on, and they're like, "Yes, we like this. Here's a grant." Or like, "No, we don't like this. We're not giving you money." Yeah, and it's highly competitive. Oh shit! Yeah, I I think like two hundred get people get it. Oh damn! So do they like? I think I could be wrong. When they're when grants are given, is it like you have to use this towards research, or is it like here's two hundred thousand dollars? Do what you'd like. Maybe use a little bit towards research. It's specifically. So, it is specifically? So the one that NSFGR, GFRP, you are, you, they're funding you in the intent that you are going to graduate school to do research. Oh! So if you back off, if you, like, drop out. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, so that makes sense. But you don't have to, like... Like you say, you submit like a proposal, and they're like, "We like this proposal. We're going to give you a grant." That grant could be like, "We're going to fund you through school, and then hopefully after school, you're going to do this type of research that we can." Yeah, because in graduate school, you still do research. Actually, the, yeah. that's that's how you get your PhD. Is that you actually yeah. have to uh, present new physics? You have to present new physics. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what they said about math too. That's what Strom said about math. Yeah, for uh, it's. I, I couldn't do because you would have to get your PhD. You just have to present new math. You have to present new physics. Um, I don't know much about math, so there might, I don't know what the new thing would be there. Mm -hmm. it, you kind of get tagged along because realistically, there's still so much of physics. I'm sure there's still so much of math that isn't really explored, but it's so yeah. niche that like it's niche to the point where like the general public will like hear about it until yeah. like uh, it might contribute to something else. But, mm -hmm. Like with the standard model, Higgs boson got got on the news in 2012. Um, I didn't hear about it because I did. I think at that time I didn't know I wanted to do physics. We were in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> That, that was major news um, when LHC was the, the, I don't think the W boson was on the New York Times. I know one of the professors was, a lot of space stuff goes on. I guess the New York Times, because everyone loves space. Everyone loves, everyone loves space. They just launched a rocket. <laughs> did they, actually? Yeah, it's like SpaceX did. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. But yeah. It's cra crazy. Yeah, because I feel like so my th my thing is what's, is what's difficult because I look at it from like a statistics side. So I'm like, okay, well, you could pull a whole bunch of, like, say you want to do something with space. You could pull a whole bunch of whatever data we have on space and try to find some sort of new pattern in, in the numbers and run a whole bunch of different models and see if you could find something that could, you know, be a worthwhile finding. But you can't use, at least my understanding, you can't use like statistical secondary data in um, like research like that, right? Or does it have to be... What do you mean by that? Like if, well, actually, I think how it works is you can't prove something using statistics, right? Like if I wanted to prove that, um, like if I wanted, say I wanted to prove that the, get the, the stars and the planets are moving away from us, and I was able to like pull data from a small subset of stars and planets and run an analysis on that sample and extrapolate that sample findings to the entire population that you can't prove like you right you oh, my, oh. You know. I, I get i get what you mean so something like that they could they could argue anyone could do that but you yeah have, you have to tell you have to explain why it's not what it's no longer physics yeah. at a high level is no longer what it's yeah. why yeah okay because you could use, I'm sure people have used, uh, because, because I'm, you use, I actually, I'm taking a class in statistical mechanics. you using statistics to do stuff. So, I mean, uh, we physicists use statistical mechanics in 
uh, probably a different way that you guys do it, but it's using a way of statistics. Um, I'm sure in the field of research, uh, they do do this data collection too. That's how, at least in my, in my specific field, we get and we gather all this data and we kind of predict how that that's a lot of things with a lot of things with uh, beyond the standard model and they kind of predict what could be used or like mm. other things like that so that when these facilities are made we can kind of see if they will work out yeah that makes okay cool yeah that makes that makes a lot more sense yeah because you can't yeah that makes sense like you can observe something with statistics and you can extrapolate that that finding but you can't tell why yeah because like yeah anyone can go oh look i have all this data look it's going like that well why i don't know that's not that's not worthy of so basically is it does it just follow the science like scientific method type stuff where you're like you have to have hypothesis you have to have some sort of experiment control your variables and yeah find findings that way or is that pretty much the only way people still do it yeah i mean in the most basic terms that's what we all what's all scientists do well, um even right now uh like uh that's why i like huge collaborations at least in my field they kind of they kind of work in big groups of someone makes the hypothesis someone mm-hmm. does experiment and boom like that uh, a friend of mine he he's work he's work he has they have some sort of theory they're currently in the, the experimental process and then just trying to figure out why things are occurring as they are and they can just go back to the process of it so mm-hmm. legit the thing that you learn in like third 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 or fourth grade you know like fifth grade it's like scientific yeah. method it is something that's it's just done just Long, elongated. Yeah, I remember them saying that in like in like my like data stats class. They're like, this doesn't like this. Yeah, that's what they. That's pretty much what they said. They were like, this doesn't prove anything. Like you can't like really publish any like huge finding on statistics. Like you can publish observations, but yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna really know uh, like what's causing it. Oh yeah, that's true. It's kind of but, wild. You could observe something, but it could just be like coincidence. Yeah, sure. So, like something that you you obviously see, you you like something you obviously see, could just be like bullshit. It could yeah. just be like once, like numerous times, mm-hmm. because because a lot of the times with like other physics, people have to replicate. Yeah, you have, your, you can't just find it once. You have to find it many times. Yeah. yeah, not not just you. Someone else has to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the like so I think certain the way that like certain big findings are actually made. Someone else will actually have to confirm that your method was right. Like you have to explicitly say your what you did, but someone else will do it. If they get different results, yeah, you're fucked. We used to fudge our numbers in chem. <laughs> Me and my chem partner would be like, all right, we're having a huge percent error. Like, we're not going to go do this lab again. We're going to make this. We're, we're just going to say this number was this. It's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but this was also in, uh, in high school. Please don't take my degree away, UB. <laughs> you can take my high school diploma. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah graduating high school was felt better than graduating because that was freedom now it's oh yeah i got an adult yeah but now i see now i have to graduate that's the thing i think a lot of people stop like i think a lot of people think of it as like you go to school right you graduate high school you're like wow now i have freedom Okay, well, now I need to go to college, right? So you, you go to college and people go to college. Like, well, now, you know, I need to get a job, right? And you graduate high school, you graduate college. I think at a certain point, you have to graduate a job. So you have to move out of the job space and into some sort of like, um, like doing exactly what you want, making enough money where you're completely financially free. And I think that is graduating a job. Graduate, and, getting, getting that promotion. Yeah, but I don't know, like, not even, like, not even getting promoted, like, everyone, it's different for everyone, like, for me, it's like, starting a business, like, I want to graduate a job to start a business doing what I like, and then make enough money where I'm comfortable. Oh. But I mean, some people, yeah, like, if your end goal is be a 
like the CEO, and then you make it. Yeah, you've graduated. You gonna make a business, my guy? You gonna? I do. You gonna? Give, you gonna donate some money to me? With my poor, with me with me and my poor ass business. Let's do a let's do a physics business. Which I don't know shit about physics. I, I, probably I, be I, I know. I don't. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> I was like, I'd probably just be piggybacking off you if we did a physics business. <laughs> I don't even know how that would work, a physics business. <sighs> yeah, I got to say, I'm trying to stay up to date more with that stuff now. Like the science and technology side of things, because that's where a lot of like business is happening. Yeah. So like if I don't know what's been done or like what's happening, I'm not going to know how to improve it. Yeah, if you want to look at like money or business look at a lot of condensed matter uh like material science and condensed matter for the uh, physics because they do a lot of stuff with like materials and stuff like that so and then a lot of the, uh especially with one of the ones i've done research on is relating to um i did something with spintronics was basically just like theorized idea of uh electronics and then we also have, um, oh, I forgot what, what it's called, but it's, it's another sort of electronics, which is deemed to be the, the next step of electronics. So if you can make it, you yeah. fund somebody. Yeah. Mark Cuban's, good. Like Mark Cuban's big on that. Like he reads every, like every morning he like wakes up and they'll read like an hour or two worth of like tech articles. And that's how he can also like stay on the edge. Yeah, definitely. Well, that'd be cool. Very informative uh, podcast. Yeah, we talked we talk a lot about like very, very professional things. Yeah, very big brain shit today. Uh, honestly, it's I was how like... much it changed. Like, we literally talk about the most degenerate, stupid shit sometimes. <laughs> and then we live in a while and just talk about like high level physics and quantum computing. <laughs> we legit, we legit from, from last week, we were talking about some teachers and people. <laughs> I'm my fifth grade teacher on Facebook. <laughs> Today we're talking about it. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Imagine she's watching the I I I know. Oh my I'm still I'm still curious. I talked to my mom about that today. I was, I just find it so weird how some people are like graduated high school with us and could now be teachers. Yeah. Like I almost think it's like a like I almost think it's like a fraud. <laughs> like if I think of some people in high school and I'm like, you're gonna teach a group of people. <laughs> I'm like I, sh- I feel like I need to warn the group of people. I remember but in time. reality, obviously they're probably amazing at what they're doing, and they probably change. But everyone's got those like high school stories where just. I I remember somebody said they wanted to be a politician, and it was like a person who was like. You did not expect to be a politician. You're like, you're going to be a politician. And I mm-hmm. expect, I think he wants to be a politician to, to make changes. That, yeah. That was like the whole point of like the desire to be a politician. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. You want to make change in the world. So you want to be a politician. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a weird mix. I feel like to be a politician, you almost have to have like, like if you're too moral, you won't compete hard enough. But if you're too scummy and you compete too hard, then you're gonna just a shitty person. You're not gonna get elected. Yeah. I feel like you have a little mix of your like like you're immoral where you, where you need to be and moral where you, you wanna make some change. Yeah, definitely. It, it's it sucks how that's the case, but it is reality. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's horrible. But Absolutely yeah. Horrible. Unfortunately. Yeah. And not just here, it's everywhere. Yeah, and it's not like blatant illegal cheating, but sometimes it's like, you know, like some some really successful politicians talk a lot of shit about their opponent, and if you're like, no, I'm better than that, I'm not gonna, you know, go talk shit about you, and someone make up stories, then like, most times you're not gonna get anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I have, well, we don't plan anything to do anymore. So I have nothing else to really say. I didn't yeah. expect, I didn't expect to talk about high level stuff today. This was a such a, such a change. 
<laughs> it was a good podcast. Might, we might get some new kind of audience off this podcast. Honestly, this this felt as if like we were, this felt like a season one podcast, but it was more free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. A season one podcast would have been a us actually talking about this, like, but rigorously actually talking about this. That's where we kind yeah. of just naturally just went, yeah. <laughs> it's a good uh, format. It's we good we, we, we went from we went from to Van uh, to Van Gogh protest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, literally, we started with tomato soup on a on a Van Gogh painting. <laughs> it's insanity. But yeah, I think it was good. I think it was a good episode. It's kind think, of fun. I, th- I think it was a fantastic episode. If you all agree, like, go on. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it was just like one topic, and then it was just bombardment of questions. Just to yeah, get... it was actually just like us two legit asking questions about what we do. Yeah, <laughs> because because we don't talk about it with each other anymore. We we don't see each other. Plus, we're also doing like totally different things right now. Right. Where it's like. A- or it's like, all right, we're gonna talk about what we do. Well, we do homework and we do, uh, you know, we, 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 we're at it, home, we're at we're coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. And now we're actually doing completely different things growing up in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting shit. Fantastic. Well, I guess we'll end the episode there. Thank you everyone for tuning into the podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, we appreciate all very much. Make sure to leave a comment on uh, anything that we mentioned. If I said anything wrong or if he said anything wrong, make sure to tell us that we're wrong. We're going to ignore you because we tend to just not look at our stuff. But anyway, make sure to leave a like if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and a good review. If you're on Spotify, do whatever the fuck they do over there. And if you're on anything else, just do whatever. Other than that... We'll see you guys next week. In the quantum world.